Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. How to dream, cowboys. Welcome back, everyone. After a brief hiatus, we are back with our Snyder Cut piece by piece, four part recap and review. Today, we are talking about hour two of the Snyder Cut. This is James, and, and that was Ryan. That's true. We're going to talk about hour two of the Snyder Cut. We've been gone for a little while, but now we are back. And I will tell you, I'm going to give you a little anecdote, James. Mm-hmm. One time I had to work at a boat show that yes. was four days long, and it started on Thursday, and it was all day. And I'll tell you, on the first day of that boat show, I was like, this isn't that bad. And uh, it's going to go till Sunday at the end of the day, but like, I'm going to make it through. You know what the worst day by far was? The second day, because the third day you were had saw the light at the end of the tunnel. And on the fourth day, it's the last day. Oh, but day two, day two was a goddamn doozy. And it just was full of depression and anxiety. Like you're just never going to escape it. Anyway, hour two of Justice League. Well, it, it's interesting that you say that. Uh, I've also agreed that like I'm not I don't fucking hate Mondays. What I hate is Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. The dog shit days where you have nothing to look forward to except the next day of school slash work. Yeah, I mean, this is different in that hour one is very similar to the weed and cut, although, you know, colored differently. The sounds are different, but generally it is the beginning of the original and theatrical Justice League that Joss Whedon put out, but with some added, you know, the deleted scenes added back in. And hour two is is di- a bit different it's it has a bunch of stuff uh, it, was, it includes cyborg's backstory that we really get a robust version of that we didn't get in the theatrical cut we get a larger version of the flash's backstory and then oddly enough like what actually ends up happening is that you get these chapters of justice league that are longer and that are more thought out and uh, they have a lot of detail like you know it's just very descriptive paragraphs that you get to the end of and and while they might sound stupid because Zack Snyder can't pick a song that's good to save his life while while you when you get to the end of it you know about the characters more and you care about the characters more and then it goes back to like an original scene that moves the plot forward one tick and it feels rushed and dumb as fuck it, it- it's I I like well certainly we'll go through it scene by scene right but there were things to like about this episode much more so episode this hour much more so than the one that came before it and I was so down on the Snyder cut after the first hour and of course this is a movie right and not a show so you can't be like okay well the first episode sucks but stick with it 
it's a movie, so it's the sum of its parts. And so even if the next three hours just, like, blow me out of the water, it would still never achieve a high score because that first hour is so plotting and boring and and dumb. I did. I thought the first hour was better than you thought it was, but I didn't think it was great. To be fair, all of this is happening to a movie that I didn't like the original of to begin with. And Zack Snyder, you know, turned a turd into uh, a less stinky version of a turd so uh yeah but hour two i've personally i have not watched hour three and hour four yet i watched hours one and two prior to doing episode one and i then am like you know remembering for this podcast the one we're doing right now i'm remembering watching hour two weeks ago and then after this i'm going to go back and watch hour three as you know i'm trying to basically do this as a television show because that's what it was originally, and I like television better than movies, and it's the only way I think that I can give Justice League a fair shake that I don't know if it deserves, but I'm going to do it anyway. Before we get into it, we should let everyone know that we do have a Patreon where they can support the show. That's patreon.com slash hboboys, where you will get bonus content, and you can chat with Ryan and I, and you get your name shouted out at the end of each show. Coming up soon, Ryan and I are going to record the next episode of our tabletop rpg call of cthulhu game which is kind of a parody of the westworld season one if that sounds interesting to you the unproduced the kind of edited but without sound effects and bgm version will be on patreon way before the final product hits the main feed and so if you're dying to hear that we have kind of been putting some space between this second and this third episode you'll hear it way earlier uh over there so Maybe you want. Yeah, it. I don't know. Actually, super worth it because the way the amount of work that James puts into them and how I, I, I love the first two episodes and I think the third one's going to be great. For a dollar a month, I think is super worth twelve dollars a year that you can cancel at any time. But also, you know, we do banter before every episode. We just did twenty minutes that will be up for patrons only before this. And also, you know, uh, patrons, now we have two episodes that patrons have recorded with us based on, like, things that they themselves wanted to recap and review. So that's also possible. I swear to God, it's worth it. A dollar a month. com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z. Thank you very much. Hour two begins with Wonder Woman visiting the Batcave, where she initiates this very long exposition dump in the form of a flashback action scene where Darkseid actually came to Earth in the distant past to fight the old gods who, I mean, basically the Greek and, and, and Norse gods of yore stood up to fight him. Uh, and the Green Lantern was there too. Not anyone <laughs> that we know. Some alien. Not Ryan Reynolds. No, unfortunately. Well, I mean, he wouldn't have been alive 10,000 years ago or whatever, but you have no idea if that's true. He might be immortal. You don't know. So there was an actor who played Zeus, I think, was there. And he's a famous mm-hmm. bodybuilder. I don't know him outside of this. But this he was meant to be in the original. This, this All of this is from, not from reshoots, Zack Snyder's, like, what he had on his laptop, right? This is not yeah. new content that he made. This is shit that was cut out from from the studio cut. That's correct. So, so let me just quickly explain this. The uh, bad guys come. It's like an alien invasion. They've got three boxes. If you put the boxes together, 
it creates the Unity, which will copy and paste Earth into Darkseid's evil planet and turn everyone <laughs> into super uh, zombies. That was a that was a sleeping sound. Did you hear my sleeping sound, James? Uh, no, that's good. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot. Listen, okay, they're MacGuffins. MacGuffin. Mm. Look it up on the internet if you don't know what that word means. The MCU has Infinity Stones, which are better MacGuffins, I'd argue, just based on you know cool colors and how long it took to gather all of them across the universe. These are the DC version of MacGuffins. If you collect all of them. And then you could take over a world. So Darkseid has his MacGuffins, but, you know, the mythical beings of Yor, Asgard, plus Wonder Woman and Aquaman's family tree happens to be standing there at the time. And they're like, how dare you? Don't do that. And this sequence, listen, it's it's hard to do this sometimes in a uh, movie or an hour by hour miniseries that just you know is a movie because they refused to do it in the way they originally wanted to do it that is generally not good it is hard to give praise that i think it deserves but i think this part of the movie does deserve some of it 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 gets lost in shitty stories sometimes that the sound design the coloring the shot choices are also phenomenal we all Mm -hmm. have so much like quality fatigue you know what i mean like we try to make them go and try to make a movie and get sound that's perfect for an hour and a half and make every shot in focus it's fucking hard so like obviously this sequence is a just like a master you can tell the dude who did this made 300 (laughs) right yeah i i I have a lot of praise for this I, i i was comparing it to like the very small battle at the beginning of fellowship of the ring i thought it was kind of like that and the slower pace as compared to like a marvel action scene or a horrendous michael bay action scene allows you to actually see what's going on and lets you kind of appreciate the artistry of of you know the composition that you were just talking about and there was never a point where it was like shaky cam or moving too quick or what's going on right and you brought up 300 Zack Snyder is the master of slow-mo. And is it always appropriate? No. <laughs> is it sometimes extremely cheesy? Yes. But sure. can he use it to great effect? Also, yes. And all of that is happening, and you can praise all of that. You just also remember that the mother boxes are here. They are there only to move the narrative along because they couldn't think of anything else better to do. They're kind of stupid, and they make the scene worse. And they have a dumb name, dude. They're just saying box, box, mother, mother, box, mother, box, 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 mother, mother, mother. So many times throughout the show. The the movie. (laughs) Right. So, okay, at the end, the old gods win. Darkseid gets his ass kicked and so hard that he accidentally leaves the boxes behind and then, oh, whoops, he just plum forgot. Whoopsie (laughs) doopsie. This was Earth and that's where he left them. Although it was the only place that he ever lost a fight, and he lost so badly that he almost nearly died, but, you know, I should just get busy, forget. uh, Yeah, that's a good point, I guess. You would never remember the only one place where you almost died and you lost all that blood. He just basically, like, figures out, oh, I need armor. I can't go to that place just, like, bare-assed and win. 
mm-hmm. but you know the mother boxes are still there, and then the elves, dwarves, and men. Yeah, came well, that, that's that's what I was. Gonna, that's the joke I was going to make, right? Okay, you, then, if, then you make it, but better than what I just with, did. If you could hit me with the music from the beginning of Fellowship, got it. Understood. No, as in you, you sing it right now. Oh, what does it sound like? <laughs> <It's> like uh, <laughs> that one. <laughs> One mother box was given to the race of fish people, and one mother box was given to the race of women, and and one mother box was given to the kings of men. But they were all of them deceived, for there was a fourth MacGuffin. It was like that. It was exactly like the beginning of Fellowship. You know, Lord of the Rings <laughs> is my favorite movie, and you uh, you tell me to like start doing a part of it, my mind goes completely blank, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just gonna for five minutes straight and hope for the best. Wonder Woman tells all this to Batman, and he's like, "Well, that's just even more of a reason why we have to do a Justice League." And then they accidentally touch hands, and I'm like, "Whatever, fuck already." <laughs> We get another okay scene after that, but for part three, beloved mother, beloved son, this is the title. Whatever. So the adorable Flash, played by Ezra Miller, is late for his important interview for a dog walking job. He meet cutes this hot girl <laughs> as she's coming out the door. He's entering. Uh, he he vomits soy banter all over the manager about why he's late. <laughs> yeah, it is organic. And then a truck driver almost smashes into the hot girl, and oh so God. he activates the speed force. And again, this is an okay sequence, because yeah, Zack no, Snyder is the slow-mo guy. Yeah, it's actually pretty decent. The problem with the slow-mo flash sequence that I do think, again, is pretty good. One, the music's bad. That is, throughout this movie, a common denominator. Zack Snyder's Spotify playlists, I do not want to have shared with me. I have no interest in them. I don't think he's very good at that. But secondarily to that, every one of these kind of sequences is going to be put up against the sweet dreams are made of these Quicksilver sequence from X-Men. Yeah, which is just better. Which is just better. (laughs) I would say this is the second best one ever made, except for, you know, the two other Quicksilver sequences from the X-Men universes Mm -hmm. that the MCU, I don't think will ever be like every one of them feels like a parody. So the Flash moving at sub light speed arranges the colliding objects in such a way that the beautiful girl will fall to safety. And he also prevents a bunch of hot dogs from a wiener truck from slapping her in the face mm. like the famous Lindsay Ellis gif. And <laughs> uh, I, I, he, so he stops the wieners from hitting her in the face. And Hilarious. so I was thinking, is this the kind of metaphor for like how Zack Snyder rescued the female characters of the Justice League from dangerous sex pervert Joss Whedon? Sure. Yep. Purposeful. I, yeah, 100%. That is exactly no. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I think no part of any movie is an actual metaphor. I think people mm-hmm. go into scenes and parts of movies where they're like, "Listen, this this part's uh, gonna be an allegory," because I heard that those are good and that people who are good at this do allegorical, metaphorical 
work. And then they go in and they're like, okay, now throw hot dogs at that bitch's face. And you're like, okay, I think we've gone far off the rails. Uh, Zach, everything's in slow-mo. And then Ezra Miller takes one hot dog. And when everything goes back to normal, he feeds it to a dog, like an actual dog, not a hot dog. And he's like, perfect. I have the job. Am I right? You brought up the Lord of the Rings earlier. Well, we've been talking about it a lot. That was something that was also a pain, a pet peeve of Tolkien, where they were like, oh, so the Lord of the Rings, this is like World War II, the Hobbits of the British. He's like, no, there's no allegory. There's no metaphor. It's a straightforward story about what's in the text. Stop trying to yeah. interpret it. <laughs> it's fantasy shit, okay? I like maps. I like languages. I like weird fucking tiny little creatures who have to go on a very long trip to Put a goddamn ring in a goddamn mountain that I'm going to call Mount Doom and you can suck it. It doesn't mean it's about the industrial revolution. Can you shut? You shut the fuck up. <laughs> then we get a bad scene. Yeah. The Atlanteans are being snatched by snatchers from the dark place. Yeah, snatched right up. <laughs> it's an amazing line <laughs> where Steppenwolf tells one of the Atlanteans that he can smell, I can smell my mother's box on you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's that's fucking gross and then somehow he gets the location the the atlanteans like i'll never tell you but then he said he somehow gets it i i straight up wasn't looking at the screen when whenever he he did whatever he did to get the location. oh he tickled them he tickled them okay. so good oh well, that's interesting then i, I should i would have liked to have seen that you should have you fucked up there's a scene after that it's just established lois is a character she's still sad She's very sad. She's getting coffee for every cop that she sees, especially when they don't ask for it. They think it's invasive, but she keeps doing it. And, you know, she keeps thinking about her superhero ex-boyfriend, ex now, because he's goddamn dead. She's thinking about him and, and how she's sad. Do you guys remember Lois exists? Moving on. Back at the Batcave, and this scene was baffling to me. Bruce and Wonder Woman sit down again to watch the superhero clips, which were the worst scene in Batman v Superman. They mm. just do it again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, like, hasn't Wonder Woman seen all this? Didn't she watch it in the middle of, of like, the denoma of Batman v Superman? Like, in Batman v Superman, like, Batman had just, like, decided he for sure he's going to kill Superman. Lex Luthor had just kidnapped Superman's mom and Superman like tearfully confesses to Lois. He's like, yeah, I'm going to have to betray my moral code and kill Bruce Wayne to save my mom. And there's no other, there's no other way out of this. And it, and, and it was so dark and, and, and so the stakes were so high and it's like, and now, Let's spend 15 minutes where Wonder Woman is going to watch YouTube clips of the characters we might get in the next movie. And everyone hated it. And Zack Snyder's like, no, no, it was good. It's so good. I'll do it again. (laughs) Right. This is movie clip four out of ten. Okay. They all come in four minute intervals and they have ads on both sides of them. But you can basically watch all of Batman v Superman and that's what they are doing. It just this scene felt very up Zack Snyder's own ass. Like he had the opportunity, the ability to make the Snyder cut did not only deserve for you to add shit in that you couldn't or that didn't get in the first time. It also 
I think should have allowed you to realize what the chaff was, especially Mm -hmm. after the stuff that you had just put back in so that the scene that you then watch, like how is he watching the, what happened 10 minutes before this, you know, fucking Zeus is on screen and dark side is bleeding. And then the flash sequence. And then this happens. How does he not watch this scene and go, wow, this comes to a screeching halt, huh? Right. This fucked up the last movie. And now it's fucking up this one. It's He could have done anything. He had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted with the Snyder Cut. And he he he's putting shit back in that was maybe cut out for, for bad reasons. But he's also putting shit back in that was cut out for good reasons. <laughs> it has to be ego, right? Like, it has to be the thought, if I shot it, it was good. Or he's just like, oh, people want to see everything. They want to see everything I shot, even if it's absolutely redundant and the same basic thing is established in two or three scenes i'll just put all those scenes in because people want to see it all then call it the kitchen sink Never. don't call it the snyder cut call it what it is this is all the shit congratulations this is all the shit but after that we probably get what for me has been the best scene in the movie so far and again still not like an amazing scene just the one that was most engaging for me we get Victor Stone, Cyborg's backstory. Mm-hmm. He was a beloved quarterback and genius with a heart of gold at Gotham City University. He helped his friends cheat on their tests, but out of a sense of altruism. And so he gets defended by his mother, Dr. Stone, which again, excellent anime in the second season. Check it out. Wow. His dad is always putting work first, like in the classic movie Click. And so he misses exactly. The <laughs> so he misses the big football game. Nobody can come at click near me. After the big game, his mom says, "Like, oh, don't be so upset. Your dad is just uh, he does important work." Ah, but then you know, car crash out of nowhere. Mom is dead. Victor about to die. Amazing performance here by I forget his name, but the actor who plays. Victor's dad, he's also from T2, and and he's saying, like, I won't let you die. I won't allow it. And again, an excellent performance here. It doesn't mean the movie's good, but this actor's great. No, so, okay. yeah, This scene, as you just said, is good. Daddy didn't come to his football game, and then they got messed up by a car. Mom's dead. He got turned into a robot. And then we get a montage of him learning his new robot powers that is done very well. You get the sense that Cyborg is much more powerful than I thought he was, right? With how they're showing what his powers are exactly and what he Mm -hmm. can do. What I'll say is, and I harped on this last time, so I won't stay on it for very long, but... This is the second best version of Cyborg's backstory that I've ever seen. And it's very close in like vicinity to, or to the timeline where like I watched Doom Patrol season one a month ago. And it's that's the best Cyborg origin story I think that has been done, period. So this is a condensed version of it where... It is not Cyborg's fault that his mom dies. In Doom Patrol, it is his fault, basically. Yeah, you you mentioned that last episode. Yes. That actually, the backstory that we are seeing with the car crash 
may actually be his dad's revisionist history. Right. And if it is, then that shit's really good. Yeah, that's that's just makes it more dark. Correct. So, Derek? Victor is very upset that he has been brought back from the dead and, and turned into a badass superhero with the powers of a god. He's, he's, he's really annoying for him. Again, Zack Snyder, slow-mo master and montage pro. We see uh, through very interesting visual communication the kind of things that Cyborg is capable of. His mastery over all electronics as well as all of the information on the internet. This is a sequence where he spies on some hard-working single mom, which reminds him of his own mom, and, and she's struggling financially. And so he puts uh, a, a million dollars in her account, which is nice of him to do, except for, like, next year when the IRS catches up with her. And right, her that audit is going to be insane. <laughs> But also, like, he's doing this while standing six feet away from her, and she doesn't realize that a giant goddamn robot... You can wear as many a big a hoodie as you fucking want. Your eye's glowing. Your eye is red, and you're a giant robot. I don't know how she didn't see you. This is a good sequence. It is a little bit like the the much, much, much better Dr. Manhattan backstory sequence in Watchmen, which is one of... That's got to be up there with, like, any of Zack Snyder's best work. This is not you know, nearly as good as that, but it's aping that in a good way. I kind of liked it. Speaking of which, uh, you know, five minutes prior to this, we also get a scene where Flash visits his... No, that's the the next scene. That's the next. Well, fuck me. Talk about it then. (laughs) So a lot of the scenes in this movie, and especially in this hour, are just kind of two characters exchanging expositional dialogue scenes. Right. Which are just uh, trash content to recap. And so I was thinking it might be more entertaining if instead of just saying he said this and then he said that, why don't we just act out the scene as best as we remember it? You know what? few things here. I think that's a great idea. One, and we're going to do that momentarily. Two, you know, with all the montages that have been happening in hours one and two. Uh, we're fresh off of episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's the context that we are within that had an awful, awful montage. And I'm like, guys, if we could all just like pull back on the goddamn montages, I, I can't deal with them anymore. And three, the reason I bring Falcon and the Winter Soldier up is because for episode five, you and Chad on the episode did this exactly, and you recorded that when? Two nights ago? So you just, like, very lately have been like, I really, I have a Tisch School of Arts degree in acting, and I have to use it. You know, that was a test run for this, and I I like how it went. uh, (laughs) Okay, what scene are we doing? I'll set this up. uh, Interior! Gotham City (laughs) Jail! The Flash talks to his dad behind a pane of bulletproof glass at a prisoner visitation center. Alright, so Ryan, you're the Flash, and I'm the Flash's dad. Okay, what's my motivation here? Uh, you want to tell your dad why you didn't get the dog walking job. Oh, but I think I didn't, I thought I did get the dog walking job. No, you failed. I failed? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. And your dad doesn't know I'm the Flash, right? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, this is going to be hard to describe. And okay. action. Dad, 
Oh, Dad, you're still in jail. Yeah, son, I, you gotta stop coming to visit your only family in jail. You're wasting your life down here. That doesn't make any sense at all, Dad. Again, you you literally just said you're my only family. I don't have a lot to do. I don't have a a job at the moment. I didn't really... I, I was trying to walk dogs. It didn't work out very well. And it, don't worry. Like, I'm going to keep coming to see you. You're in here because they think you killed Mom, but you didn't. You didn't. Son, you got to give up on that lucrative criminal justice degree that you're getting and just give up on higher education and live your life already. Why are you giving me such terrible advice on a, such a constant basis? Oh no, nah, my time is up. The guards are taking me away. Oh uh, my god, uh, Billy Crudup! Billy Crudup, come back! Wait, Ron Livingston, what happened here? <laughs> and scene. That is, Very yeah, that cool. is the, that is the, the, <laughs> that's the essence of what happened in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad that Billy Crudup got fired. And now it's Ron Livingston. He has not filled out any of his TPS reports, and he is the Flash's dad. After that, the Flash goes home to his sweet-ass fucking man cave. And, oh my god, it's Bruce Wayne. I remember this scene from the theatrical cut. I mean, a lot of the stuff just comes back to me, and I don't even remember that I, that I did remember it. And they exchange some dialogue... The Flash is very awkward. He's basically Super Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. Oh, my God. And Batman says, I want to do a Justice League. Flash immediately replies, okay, yes, I will do a Justice League because I am a loser without friends. Somehow I'm a dude with superpowers, and I, I can't even use that to my advantage to impress people over to my <laughs> Right. <friends>. Yeah, <laughs> if my first friend could be Batman, I would also choose that. But yeah, this is the scene I was talking about, which is the just like complete momentum killer where you're getting long, thought out, meaty scenes of backstory and origin that are done decently well. And then you get this scene that you, one, remember from the theatrical cut, which already is a point against it, but two, is just like not nearly as good and flash... Ezra Miller's Flash is asking you desperately to be like, whenever this guy is on screen, you love him. And by loving him, every scene that he's in is better for it. But that question and answer is tough because I don't know if I love him, James. Yeah, it's I kind of like Ezra Miller, even though he's terrible in this. He is in one episode of Invincible where he's really good, actually. And and uh, his character, if it's following the comics, like, will make a return. I don't think Ezra Miller is a terrible actor. I really actually think he could be a great actor. It's just that the writing and, and sorry, Zack Snyder, probably the direction um, and the fucking insane dog shit Marvel jokes that Joss Whedon wrote for him really did not do him any favors. No, none at all. But the point of this scene is, hey, I'm the Flash, you're Batman, you want to be in Justice League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it, the point is, like, the Flash says yes, while in the following scenes, Aquaman and Robot Man say, oh, no, thank you. And then they drive away in Batman's sweet fucking car, and they get onto the highway, and they drive past 
a billboard for the ASPCA, which was like, you know, okay, it's a, the kind of poignant, uh, a little bit of a touching addition there, actually. By the way, Ezra Miller's Flash movie just began production, the one where we just said that Ron Livingston is in now as his father, and last year in April, he got like semi-canceled. Ooh, I, yeah, I, I thought we could talk about that at the end. Okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> But he made it, James, somehow. Back at the Batcave, Wonder Woman and Alfred exchange some banter, and he shows her this energy-sucking glove that he made for Batman, which I guess will probably come up uh, in the, the later parts of the movie. James, that is the power glove, and it is from the 80s. Then Wonder Woman tries to look up Cyborg on DuckDuckGo, but she's prevented when the Batcave's computers are, are hacked from an outside hacker who then gives her GPS coordinates to visit in Gotham. She was on Meat Spin for like four hours, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the, 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 the screens go blank, and Victor just like tells her to come somewhere, and she's like, oh, that was going to be my longest run ever. Okay, so exterior, Gotham City streets, nighttime. Fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, Ryan, you're Cyborg, and uh, I'm Wonder Woman. Ugh, I am an angsty robot. And what do you even want from me? Victor, the world needs you to do a <laughs> Justice League. God, gal, is that you? <laughs> Where is James? Get James back here. Come on. Gal, you can't be in James's house. It's not allowed. Anyway, let me get back into character. I'm very sorry. I was just taken aback because Gal Gadot's in your fucking house. <clears throat> stop trying to like get me to join your fucking club i don't care look at my eye it's red as fuck uh, you we are not so different you and that uh, shut the fuck you how dare you how dare you are you a robot answer me that question are you a robot uh, i i think that when the moment comes you will make the right choice oh so you're not a robot so we are pretty different right because I'm a goddamn robot and you're not a robot. I'm a robot against my will. I'm going to make the right choice. You know what the right choice is? Shove it up your ass, wonder lady. I'm not going to get your name right purposely because you're pissing me off. Anyway, I can fly. Goodbye. And then he goes and he he buries the mother box in his own grave. So fucking metal. That's the yeah. most metal thing that's ever happened. Cut to Star Labs. There is some kind of techno babble about something, and I'm sorry, I was not paying great attention, and I did not catch what Dr. Stone and his lab assistant were talking about in this scene, and I was not about to go back to double check, I just let the moment pass me by. Yeah, I, I, he's just talking about how he used the mother box to rebuild victor's body after the accident so the mother box has to do you know it's uh captain marvel got turned into captain marvel because one of the infinity stuff it's one of those where you know the mother box is an integral part of how robot man became robot man and also you know the mother boxes are change machines that unfalteringly enforce the will of their master destroying or restoring to life without bias so on and so forth where's the blood but then when dr stone goes home i because victor's i guess like at the graveyard at this point 
He gets ambushed by aliens. Oh my god, by Dr. Scissors and Dr. Paper. They're both in the house. <laughs> then we get to Gotham PD. J.K. Simmons is playing Detective Gordon. He can't keep getting away with it, James. <laughs> okay. How can J.K. Simmons be a have a like successful commercial run? For one of the biggest insurance companies in the world, be in the MCU, be in the DC universe. Right, and he's the, he's the big character in the Image Comics big show as well. Like. Yeah, and, and, and like also, by the way, like at the same time, in indie films, and also mm-hmm. in other... Like, he's... I do, I, his career is the shit. Anyway, one of the detectives is like, uh, Commissioner, I don't think that Batman's doing this. I think it's aliens. And and he replies, that's stupid. You're fired. Yeah. Um, oh, is he going to have a lemon meringue pie on his face when he finds out that son of a bitch was right? And then we see that the aliens are bringing the scientists together in some kind of hideout. Yeah. It's like a symposium, but forced. The Flash meets up. With Wonder Woman and Batman and 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 spews more obnoxious soy banter. Yeah, they're the best of friends. The bat signal is on, and I swear to God, and this might not be the exact line, but like, Ezra Miller's like, wow, that just happened. Like, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that we are us and this is now? Batman, you, sir, have won the internet for today. And then he bows to him, and then, like, he hands him a fucking Subway sandwich. He's like, you've done it. Down at the bottom of the sea in Atlantis, their mother box also Ugh. wakes up. Amber Heard is talking to dolphins. Oh, but the Christ. dolphins tell her that the king of Atlantis is not going to send ha- her help to deal with this situation. I don't care what she's doing. Hashtag justice for Johnny. Steppenwolf shows up and fights Amber Heard and Good. almost kills her, but then Aquaman Should've shows up to save her. Boo! He fights valiantly, but Steppenwolf does eventually get away with the box. That's because he's much stronger than Waterman. And they have a bit of dialogue here. It, basically, Amber Heard says, I knew your mom, and Aquaman says, Why well, I hate my mom. And Amber Heard tells him, your mom was cool. You yeah. should be like your mom and save the world. And he's like, shut up. But, I mean, she, that terrible lady isn't wrong. And also, it always kind of makes me mad when Aquaman is not like Superman, but underwater like he is in the comics. I, I talked about this too long last time, too. But, like, in the comics, he's eight feet fucking tall, and he is underwater just as strong, if not stronger, than Superman is uh, when he's a fish, basically. And so, like, he should have been able to kick the shit out of everybody in a hundred-mile radius if they were in a fucking lake. But no, he just gets the crap kicked out of him, and he's basically pointless. And uh, his entire storyline, every time they go to it, I'm, uh, my eyes roll into the back of my head. Cyborg goes home, and he sees that all his house has been fucking wrecked, and that his dad is gone. No, no, no. No, no. Where did he go? To that forced symposium? Uh, what's he going to talk about there without me? Then cut to interior Chernobyl. Steppenwolf oh, calls yeah. up Desaad on the intergalactic telephone. Okay, so this one, uh, 
Ryan, you you be decide, and I'll be Steppenwolf. Oh, okay. <clears throat> hey, uh, redheaded stepchild of space, have you gotten the MacGuffins yet, or what? Yes, t- an update to what uh, we previously discussed. Now I have another. I have a second mother box. I had one. And now I have two. Right, but like last time I checked, there was three, right? Yes, but I, what I've done now, I took two and I turned the the fallen out nuclear facility into an interesting fortress of sorts. Yo, so you built a fort? That's what you're yes. doing with your time. You're building a fort and not finding the third MacGuffin. But listen to me. We all hate you. We never want you to come back. That's why we made the amount of places you have to take over unrealistic as hell. Yet 50,000, we just made a number up. We were all very high. We were like, oh, let's make them do 50,000. You're never coming back here, you dumb bitch. Stop making a fort and get the goddamn box. Also, I want your armor. Give me it. It looks very cool. Yeah, uh, I'm in progress to I will find the third box. Okay, good. Let's put a pin in that, and we'll circle back. Somehow have this meeting five more times. Okay, well, I, now I'm going to go, and now I'm going to torture Cyborg's dad. That's fine with me. I don't give a shit. Find the fucking box. And, and scene. scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of hour two. It ends the exact same way as hour one. Yeah, well, and then a, a battle is happens. Like, hour two, we could talk about the battle, but, like, it goes between hours two and three, where they're having a fight down there, and uh, and, and we'll talk about it next time. But, um, you know, just, like, based on how this episode goes, or how this episode went, I think we should reenact you and I going scene scene by scene, character by character, the entirety of hour three. That's just me personally. I'll do all four hours as a two-man show. Fuck, that'd be good. I'm in 100%. So you brought it up before, and I do want to talk about, like, Ezra Miller is getting his own Flash movie, which is interesting because Ezra Miller was, like, Pretty solidly canceled a few years ago. No, it was last year. It was April of 2020. Yeah, a million years ago. (laughs) Yeah, it was a month into quarantine. Everyone had nothing to do but read things on the internet. And they read a story about how Ezra Miller was choking a bitch. So it's, it's a serious situation of assault here. But, I mean, why don't, why don't we just go through the facts of what happened? Oh, you don't want to do a fun skit about this assault? <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll read about it here. So, this is from Variety, which we've read many times on the show. Title, Ezra Miller appears to choke woman in video. Not a great headline for anybody. Not the best headline for Ezra, I'll be honest with you. Seems like with that headline, you don't get a franchise afterwards. Ezra Miller appears to have choked a woman at a bar in Reykjavik, Iceland, in a video that surfaced online late Sunday night. First off, Reykjavik, pretty sus. That's, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of consonants. Too many, I'd say. Despite the confusion online over whether the video was a joke, with memes already emerging on Twitter, where Miller's name has been trending, yeah, that's unfortunate. People are like, oh, this is, this is a viral video. He's not actually assaulting this person. How funny. Let's meme it. A source at the establishment, God help me, 
Prichiocophagus. Honestly, I think you nailed it. (laughs) Has confirmed to Variety that this was a serious altercation at the bar and that the man whom they identify as Miller was escorted off the premises. So he was not arrested, it doesn't seem, but I guess probably he was extremely intoxicated. Sure. I would assume. Not that that excuses his behavior. No, but it does give context. But so far, James, okay, what you've read to me is not incredibly clear that he's done anything wrong. I don't think the next paragraph is going to uh, wow me in any sort of fashion where I don't think he should have an entire franchise to himself. I mean, what is the next paragraph even? (laughs) The seven second video shows a man saying, oh, you want to fight? That's what you want to do to a young woman who appears to be jokingly preparing herself for a fight and smiling. Yeah, not convinced yet. She's smiling. She's happy. Right. She's having a good time with, with you know, C-list celebrity Ezra Miller. Sure. Miller then grabs the girl by the throat and throws her to the ground. At this point, the person filming saying, whoa, bro, bro, and stops shooting and the footage ends abruptly. Yeah, but like, did he do it in like a fun way? You know? Did he grab her by the larynx and then just like jab her into the earth? But like while he was doing it, was he like, was he also smiling? You know? Yeah, I haven't uh, reviewed the footage, although I, I suppose that is something that we could do. Let's uh, watch it live and react live on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not doing this saying that like you know the situation is funny. We're trying to evaluate whether or not. Ezra Miller should be canceled, and maybe we can have a a verdict at the end. If the tone has been confusing so far, my actual feelings on the subject, if they aren't incredibly clear, is that how the fuck is this dude, like, getting a franchise and not completely canceled? But okay. All right, so this will be my my first time having seen it, uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and... Oh, boy. Yeah, that doesn't look funny. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, he assaulted that woman. She is smiling the entire way down. He's probably just absolutely fucking wasted. And she thinks, she thinks they're playing around, and he, and, and he thinks, like, oh, this woman has slighted me. I want to paint a little bit of a picture, though. When you think Reykjavik, Iceland, bar, Ezra Miller, drunk... You think, like, it's CCTV footage far away, 20 feet, 15 feet, and it's dark, and you don't see his face clearly. No, no, no. This looks like it's at a fucking FYE at a mall in 2009 where it's all fluorescent lighting and the camera's in his fucking grill. And then he says, hey, you want to fight? He then takes this lady who is smiling ear to ear and is so excited that she's being touched by Ezra Miller. And then he slams her into the goddamn ground and he still has a movie. Yeah, insane. According to a source at the bar, the altercation took place after the individual identified as Miller was confronted by a group of eager fans who were, quote, quite pushy. Oh, God. Quite pushy? No! (laughs) Oh, they were quite pushy, so then you literally pushed them into the ground. Then things escalated with Miller losing his temper at one woman. In particular... Prikio said the staff escorted the actor who was upset and angry off the premises following the incident. Very crazy. Variety has approached Warner Brothers and Miller's representative for comment, and, and I guess 
they never received it because there's no follow up here. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm looking at a picture of Ezra Miller. He has the cheekbones of a serial killer. He plays a serial killer, and, and we have to talk about Kevin. I mean, he plays a wizard bomb in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. But he's so kitschy yeah. and cool and, and fucking justice love. I, uh, this is not the worst thing that a celebrity's ever been canceled for, but it's no. really bad. <laughs> no, it's really bad. You know what? There's, and again, the severity of these, both of these people deserve to be canceled. But I will say, if you watch the Ray Rice video, he is a former running back of the NFL, and he gets into a elevator and sucker oh, I've punches seen it. it's a girl. Yeah, yeah. He sucker punches a lady, and he is not Ezra Miller, okay, who is probably five pounds soaking wet. He is like an NFL player and knocks this girl out fucking cold. It's a different vibe in both videos, but the thing that's similar is that it's both assault. And to this day, he has never explained what happened here in any case. Uh, Whoa. Or, do you think Billy or, Crudup was like, why are we doing this movie? Do you think yeah. he, from a moral standpoint, Billy was like, Ezra sucks. What are we doing? No, I, I mean, I would also be like, do I really want to lend my reputation and credibility for a Flash movie that's probably going to suck anyway? Oh, it's not going to be good. There's going to be a slow motion part for sure, though, right? This comes from wegotthiscovered.com. Perfect. Very catchy. I'm sh- sure that website's really going to take off. Uh, the headline, Ezra Miller will reportedly address infamous choking incident soon. This comes from six days ago. <laughs> he will only do it during the movie. It must be scripted in the movie while he's Flash. A year ago this very month, Justice League star Ezra Miller found himself grabbing headlines for all the wrong reasons, yada, 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 everything we just explained. Hollywood tipster Daniel Rick. Men, not, that means nothing to me. Uh, no, has shared didn't. that that his sources tell him Miller is planning to openly address the incident soon, and he doesn't say anything more beyond that. Okay, I mean, why would he though? He already got the movie. The movie's being made. It started production. The world has not exploded and has not tried to recancel him for choking a lady. I don't know why he'd bring it up again. So apparently this guy, Daniel Reichman, Rickman, I don't know, R-I-C-H-T-M-A-N. He's a Hollywood insider, leaker, and tipster who oftentimes will predict the day before it happens that a trailer is about to drop and he is oftentimes correct. That's his whole spiel. According to that guy, the... uh, He's going to, Ezra Miller's going to say why he choked that lady in Iceland soon. I'll tell you, that guy, I don't know, I can't remember what his name was that you said. That guy sounds like mm-hmm. he sucks. You know, I have this, like, it's like a radar, right? Like, you watch mm-hmm. Demi Lovato's new documentary, and you're like, boy, this lady can sing. But she has an evil, evil undertone to her that I think is pervasive throughout this entire documentary. And then she yells at a Froyo place on the internet and tries to bury them and you're like i knew she was kind of a dick ezra miller and this guy who is a hollywood insider they all have the same rage vibe you know like chevy chase's eyes you know like he's smiling but you can see like there's an inner rage at all times that's what i'm feeling from all of these people 
Apparently, the writer and director of the Flash solo project movie that we're discussing, the original writer and director, John Francis Daly, uh, quit the production of the show. He said it was about creative differences, but Hollywood rumors say that he could no longer put up with Ezra Miller's shitty attitude. John Francis Daly is... Go look him up. You know him. He's mm. in Waiting. Oh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah like you, uh, And this is for the audience, too. Guys, go look up John Francis Daly. You know him. He stopped acting, basically, because he became one of the like leading writer like rewriters and writers and directors in Hollywood and he's writing the new uh Dungeons and Dragons movie for West Coast he's he's writing that he probably is directing it as well you know this could have been a foray into the superhero genre and uh it it would have been probably a large amount of money and he was like no I just can't deal with that guy right yeah he wrote Spider-Man Homecoming as well and this probably would have been a huge financial break for him, even if the movie was not a hit. And apparently Ezra Miller is just so hard to work with, he could not put up with it. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say probably guilty. Anybody else who choked a person in public and knocked them to the ground like this, for whatever reason, would have probably been at least arrested. I don't know what the cops in Iceland are doing, or if Ezra Miller is just too famous to be arrested. For this kind of incident. He's not that good of an actor. And clearly. Not clearly. But apparently he's also kind of a shitty person. So yeah. I don't know why Ezra Miller is so important. That he could not just be recast. No. Me either. But doesn't matter baby. He's got a movie. And I'm, as you said. It's it's going to be dog shit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be a slow motion scene. And it's going to be the fourth or fifth best one ever made. Thank you guys for listening. It means a lot. Ryan and I will be back next week. With justice league part three hour three of the snyder cut and then uh ryan do you want to join chad and i for the last episode of falcon and the winter soldier <laughs> maybe i will name the patrons right now and they are jamie lochner anthony wells hardboiled greg day 11 podcast james watch my dong atheism unstoppable chris wood brink and day 11 westworld craig john jers major woody and carol andreas thank you very much for the money i will try my best because i i do want to talk about falcon and the winter soldier uh, at least uh, especially if it's bad if, which i have a feeling it's going to be and i have a lot of strong hot I don't know if they're hot takes, but I have a lot of strong feelings on Disney Plus and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and all the, I would say, slightly cowardly decisions that the MCU is currently making and how it ruined Falcon and the Winter Soldier more than it could have been ruined in the first It just wasn't going to be good in the first place. And then then they stripped it. So it's I do want to be on that is the point. And I also, by the way, now look forward to Justice League Episode 3. I'll be honest with you. When you were like, let's do Justice League Episode 2, I thought about sending you a message that was like, maybe we don't. Maybe we just <laughs> stop. But I now, you know, based on this uh, this new skit thing where you and I are doing a two-man show of the Justice League, it has revitalized the uh, podcast for me. And I very much look forward to doing that next week again with you and the audience. Yeah, and then Ryan and I also tomorrow will be recording episode three wrapping up the westy town campaign of our call of cthulhu game guys go listen to episode one or two if you haven't they're really funny especially if you've ever watched westworld or there's also you know themes from various hbo shows incorporated into that and uh, i'm really proud of it so you know just go go check them out uh there's a lot of funny improv in there 
Um, and, and, you know, especially if you're a fan of tabletop RPGs, it's a good time. Yeah. I think all the things that James just said are correct. I also want you to go listen to them. He did a great job. You're going to like them very much. If you don't go listen to the Talkie Boy Radio Hours number one and number two prior to hearing number three, I will choke you and throw you to the ground and then get a huge, Ryan, huge no, Ryan, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, cho- I'm throwing my laptop across the room. <laughs> I guess I, I will be quitting the show, but it has nothing to do with Ryan's behavior. It's just that I want to go in a different creative direction, and I'm definitely not just saying this because I'm under contract to not say what really happened. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fly to Korea and choke you. 